I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, what's going on? Welcome to the IDP podcast with me, Nate Davis. This is our very first Five Yard Rush IDP podcast and I'm absolutely buzzing about it. I've been playing in fantasy IDP leagues now for the past six years. I'm completely fascinated with it. And I'm hoping that the passion I have for this um, rubs off onto you, the listeners, to help me hit my goal of getting everybody on the IDP bandwagon. I am joined by my best mate, Mr. Brendan Veal. Hey, Brendan, what's up, man? How's it going, mate? Yeah, all good, all good. Welcome to the IDP podcast. We're away. Well, this is it. First intro. We're off and running. So, yeah, like Nate says, um, welcome to our uh, our inaugural uh, IDP podcast. I suppose what Nathan and I are hoping to do with this uh, this first pod is to just get things off and running, say a bit about, you know, why there's going to be a, you know, a specific IDP podcast. First and foremost, it might be worth, you know, for no, those of you that are a bit newer to, to IDP, those that may be still playing sort of team defense with your fantasy leagues, Nate's going to say a little bit more, a lot more, hopefully about what we're doing. One thing we would say is there is a, uh, a recent article by Nath on 5yardrush.co.uk, uh, which just explains a bit more about 
the new IDP Plus scoring system, uh, which again, Nate's going to say a bit more about. But um, hopefully what um, he and I've got planned is to get those of you with, a, you know, they're a bit tentative about sort of IDP. I think, you know, a lot of people playing fantasy are, you know, they're pretty hot on the top offensive players. You know, everyone knows who the top tight ends are, wide receivers, etc. But maybe not so much on the defensive side. And hopefully, you know, with this podcast and some of the articles that are going to go out on the website, it will be a case of, you know, just enhancing your knowledge, giving you a broader spectrum, broader scope of, um, of the defensive players out there. And really what we're hoping to do is just, you know, really sort of boost your enjoyment of, of sort of fantasy football. Yeah, well, the main the main reason, as Brendan just touched on then, is to get more people playing and enjoying the defensive side of the game. Um, I played, like I said, I played absolutely tons and tons of leagues and I have been now for quite a few years and following a lot of fantasy content, getting a lot of analysis on both sides of the ball. One of the big sticking points with uh, fantasy football and the defensive side is 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 the lack of a, a standardised scoring system. I know there's a lot of different types of scoring setups that are out there. And I think that that's one of the main reasons for putting people off. It certainly has been common for me when, when we started. We've always played IDP. I know me and Brendan, yeah. our home league, we've always had we, we've always had individual defensive players. We're not team defence fans. And and for me personally, I, I don't understand people that, that just sort of like kibosh it and say, you know, um, I'm not really interested in defensive side of the game. I think we're going to see IDP leagues become the way forward eventually, like super flex leagues weren't, a, weren't too much of a thing a couple of years ago. And now they seem to be dominating the fantasy platforms now. Everybody seems to be going for the, the super flex option. And I think it'll be super flex IDP soon. And I think that is the right way 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 to go. I mean, there's only so much uh, analysis we can we can do uh, on on the offensive players that are there. So why don't we add some defensive players to the to the mix and give us more people to talk about, more people to pick apart, more predictions to make, and and that's what we 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 plan to do. Tell everybody you support. Then I am a long-suffering. Dolphins fan, I, I have, but you can't say anything. The Vikings are as mediocre. We support two. This is why we get on so well. I think we've we've gradually woken up to realization that we support two teams that are in a permanent state of transition. That's how it was certainly that's how it felt for the last few years watching Miami. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been an NFL fan. Uh, I'd say on and off since I was about ten. Uh, my uncle, who you spend a lot of time with, sort of got me into it. He was a big big. Uh, Miami fan, big Marino fan, as as you know, was the case at the time. Um, so I come from a background of yeah, you know, Dan Marinos and Joe Montana's and Randall Cunningham's and stuff like that. Marcus Allen. Uh, in fact, you know, my, it pains me to admit that my first ever NFL shirt was a thirty-two Marcus Allen shirt. It wasn't actually a Dolphin shirt. Wow. Um, See, so that's, that's like the opposite for me, for me, really, because mine. I'm kind of recent onto the scene, sort of like the last, what was it, six, seven years ago I got into the NFL. Yeah, yeah. My, frustratingly, you know more about the game than I do now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's because <laughs> I went straight into the fantasy world, you know, straight onto that bandwagon of of, of, of analytical 
just the data from the side of the game fell in love with that, that that kind of yeah the analysis side of things the fact that you just look at a play over and over again and look at why you did that wrong and why why aren't we winning why can't we play why can't we play like they play um i've been asking that question for 30 years <laughs> yeah exactly mate exactly no but I, I get what you mean i mean i i you know obviously growing up as a kid i watched it with my uncle and then and then kind of kind of drifted away from it and and then yeah I've always had one eye on the dolphin I don't say I would still watch it but I think it was what's really helped was to have people close to me you know yourself and and you know we've got quite a few other mates now that are um, involved in it obviously on the fantasy side but you know they've all got their own teams you know Arizona and, and the Jags and all the rest of it um, so I think that's that sort of really kick-started me into really watching it again and watching it properly. And, and I remember Alan, my uncle used to say, I mean, I was only a kid at the time, but he would say, you know, as the season moved on, you could look at pretty much any play and go, right, well, you know, they're going to run a slant here or they're going to, you know what I mean? So, um, and I never really took that on board until um, sort of you and I started talking about it a lot more, like say yeah. a few years ago. And, you know, and that, that ties in, I think quite nicely with um you know, with what we touched on with this, um, the reason behind this pod, I've found myself over recent years listening to, you know, lots of other podcasts out there. Most mornings out walking the dogs, you know, I'll, I'll be listening to to something, you know, obviously, you know, five yard rush. That's primarily you know, on the fantasy side of it, but then more general stuff, you know, ATN and things like that. Again, the more fantasy you play, the more you the more you're forced to to yeah. to pay attention. You know, you are more. You know, you you sort of glued to red zone, or you know, you're watching, you know, out for for everything really. And like you say, I mean, you've always been several steps ahead of me with regards to like the analytical side and the data. You know, hopefully between the two of us, we can, you know, bring a nice sort of broad spectrum, come at a few things from different points of view, and that that's that's really what fantasy is all about. Absolutely, Bram. From today and over the next few weeks, we're going to be going through the NFL division by division, breaking down the top IDPs for each team. Um, we're going to kick it off today with the NFC East, and it's over to Brendan for the review on the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so when we divvied up um, the NFC East, I'm not entirely sure either of us wanted to do the review on the Eagles, to be honest, because no. I think um, your words were um, challenging. When, uh, But uh, yeah, I, I think primarily because, you know, you look at the 2020 stats, it's a bottom 10 defence. Jim Schwartz, uh, you know, been with them a while. He's gone now, obviously oversaw the championship winning 2017 Eagles. That aside, obviously our job is to focus on, you know, the positives who you need to be looking at. So I'm going to jump straight in with the D-line and the obvious candidate, um, or certainly one of them is Brandon Graham, um, you know, edge rusher, maybe not elite. What I did do actually was um, I spent a bit of time on YouTube um, watching a few sort of generic videos on the, the Philly defense. And, um, you know, he, he put up some decent numbers last year. You know, you're looking at sort of 35 solo tackles, 11 assisted, eight sacks. Um, he does, you know, he does worry the O-line. You know, he does break through. I mean, I saw several highlights of him just, you know, getting through there and, um, you know, getting to the quarterback, causing problems, forcing, you know, bad throws. Um He's, you know, you, you're currently looking in rankings sort of roundabout sort of DL12. Uh, last season, he put up sort of 172 and a half fantasy points. So it's, uh, if you're looking at tried and tested player on the Philly D-line, then I, th- I think you could do a lot worse than Brandon Graham. Outside of that, 
you're certainly looking at sort of uh, Javon Hargrave playing at tackle. Had a good first season. Um, you know, the stats would currently put him in the range sort of, you know, uh, sort of DL 63, put up 102 and a half fantasy points, you know, 16 solos, 22 assists, four and a half sacks. I think we need to see, you know, I know a lot of people quite like him. I'd like to see if he can kick on next season and improve, put up some some reasonable figures. But um, I think a lot of that's going to depend on various changes going on at, at Philly as a whole. Moving from the D-line onto the linebackers, um, obviously, you know, top of the tree on last year's stats, you're looking at Alex Singleton, respectable fantasy season, put up 210 points, looking at, you know, 75 solo tackles, 45 assisted, a couple of sacks, one interception. The projected stats would have him moving up a bit from last year's sort of LB26 to around 22. Outside of that, on the linebacker fronts, um, you know, I've been looking at sort of TJ Edwards again, you know, 143 and a half sort of fantasy points, currently sitting around about sort of LB62. Nate Gary, all right, 102 fantasy points, only played seven games though. So, you know, that's something that, you know, you've, you've got to factor in. Wasn't too hot in the coverage last season. So the secondary is a difficult one. You know, if you're looking at sort of that side of things, any anything in the draft from, from Philly, um, you know, Philly really haven't been too hot in the secondary, especially at cornerback, even to the point where, you know, Jalen Mills, who's really the, the main guy I've highlighted, as a safety, effectively ended up playing both safety and cornerback last season for him. So put up some decent fantasy points, 149 uh, for the season, uh, currently ranking sort of around about DB59. Outside of that, McLeod, Slay, yeah, okay, in a bigger league, maybe you might look at someone like Rodney McLeod, mm. uh, put up 138 and a half fantasy points, round about sort of DB67. So looking at those figures, not a million miles behind Mills, but um, again, a lot of these figures and stats are, as Nathan and I discussed, you know, a lot of it will depend on how big a league you're playing in, you know, what's left on the board, what's already gone. So there's not really a lot. I'm, I mean, I'm just about to go through Dallas and they're, Another team that is is defensively going to be in a sort of transition stage because of their poor performance last season. Mm. Um, and that's where Philly sit. They are a difficult side to predict because of the amount of changes that have happened there. And if you are not a betting man, I would be tended to steer clear of them. Apart from yeah, you your obvious your your obvious top two maybe where you'd look at Alex Singleton, potentially Brandon Graham, but the rest is a real struggle really to to work out who you're gonna you, you know maybe late round picks, but apart from that, I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't be targeting many players from from Philadelphia. Uh, and and this is what you know, and the the more I sort of sort of started delving into it, the more I realised. Why you didn't want to take Philadelphia, yeah, but exactly. um, yeah. <laughs> what surprised me actually, and, and I don't know what your feelings are on this. And like you say, similarities between Philly and Dallas going through this transitional period. You know the fact that they didn't really do much in the draft defensively. I mean, they took Milton Williams tackle. You know that was a top defensive pick, in, and that was round three. What that means, I, I don't know. They've picked up Eric Wilson, which is an interesting one for me. Yes, yeah. He, he, he had a lot, of, a lot of time on the field for Minnesota last year. As a Minnesota fan, it was interesting to see, but that was, it was all down to the injuries. 
that that we had and it, you know Eric Wilkes, Wilson ended up doing quite well actually and then to be snapped up by Philly is is an interesting one and in, in to see where he fits in again whether you uh, he finished as a linebacker 10 last year and that is quite incredible we have him nowhere near that this year based on the fact that obviously a, a new landing spot for him into a defense that we are going to struggle to protect. So mm. it could be that Alex Singleton sees a bit of a hit in his points as well. So, but, but we, we, at the moment we're ranking, we're, we're saying that Alex Singleton is going to have an uptick. So he is going to be the lead linebacker there. Um, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one, but as, as we said, I would be, I would be, Keeping out there, yeah, I would be very wary with 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 with, with Philadelphia at this point. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess you know the the key question considering any of Philly's defensive players, you know, for for your fantasy roster is one of the things for me is whether the new offense under Hertz can do a better job of of possibly keeping that defense off the field because you know let's face it, you had Wentz, you know, running the show last year and. You know, he was he was turning over for fun. So that's obviously going to put a lot of pressure on, you know, and they're not a young defense. You know, we, we've got to remember, no. you know, that, that some of those key players are getting to the stage where, you know, too much time on the field, injuries are going to come into play. Um, they were also dogged by the worst defensive record in the league for penalties. So again, you've got a lot of time on the field. You've got, you know, a lot of penalties being conceded, putting more and more pressure on a defense, which, you know, was under enough pressure as it is. So, yeah. Um, For their sake, I hope they're not anywhere near as bad as they were. I don't think they will be. It is going to take some serious changes there and some, and that's going to affect what we're predicting, really. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to predict um, with any great, security on on pretty much any of these players at this at this stage we're just going to be going off you know what they've done previously and hope that they do roughly the same this season but going much further than that you could, it's just going to be too difficult because because of the changes they've got to make so uh okay so well, do you want to do you want to oh, jump in then i mean yeah so over to me with dallas now the dallas d like philly was very poor in 2020 they have now brought in Dan Quinn as the new DC and they desperately needed it. They conceded an average of 30 points a game last season, Dallas. The secondary was non-existent. Um, the linebackers, there was obviously there was injuries there and there was a lot of moving around going on. But Dallas, like Philly, are going to be difficult to predict. They went big and picked up Mika Parsons as their first round pick, linebacker. And that is really going to change things um, at Dallas, Leighton Van Der Esch, they've declined his fifth-year option, um, which which means that you know we we could quite quickly see Leighton finishing. They've probably got one more season left in him, and I think he'll be moved on. Um, Jalen Smith, he scored extremely well fantasy-wise as an as a linebacker. He he often gets he often gets a little bit lost, a little bit dragged out of position. Um, so. We're predicting that Mike, Mika Parsons will take that Mike role. Um, they'll move Jalen Smith over eventually. It might not be straight away. There's there's other players to fit in. Obviously, Leighton Van Der Esch will have to fit in somewhere this season. Um, they took they also signed uh, Jibril Cox as well. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna have a little part to play somewhere. Now, as for us 
ranking these players and putting them in uh, the position where we're expecting them to sort of finish and how many points they're going to get. I've got, at this moment, I've got Jalen Smith leading it with Mika Parsons not too far behind him. Leighton Van Der Esch just not relevant this season. So what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying in redraft, I would take Jalen Smith. Um, in dynasty, I'd be targeting Mika Parsons and I wouldn't be touching Leighton Van Der Esch. The secondary, I'm not liking anything there particularly. They signed Keanu Neal, who's one of my favourite well, you know, I've had, I've had Keanu Neal around my teams for the past four or five years, really. In And I really rate him. He's one of my favourite safeties to watch. And now he's moving to linebacker, which is a bit of a, a bit of a kick in for me. However, I've got a feeling that we might not see him at linebacker for very long. He might be moved back to that safety position. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, how they're going to use Keanu Neal. I think it's going to be quite interesting. I think you'll find it in in um, maybe a big nickel formation or things like that. I'm expecting to sort of rove around and play quite similar to when he does actually as a safety when he's being pulled up into the box. It's exactly the same kind of role that he'll have in that in that in that system. But it'd be interesting to see where they where they choose to use him. The jury is definitely out on 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 all of this how they're going to piece it all together. It's going to be quite interesting. Mm. But yeah, so that's where I'm going. So just to summarise that, be Jalen Smith in redraft, Mika Parson in dynasty, and don't bother with Leighton Van Der Esch, unfortunately. I really rated him in the past, but injuries are taking its toll. And I just think they've, I think Jerry's probably had enough and them having to sort of rely on others to fill that gap. You're not going to be drafting Neil anytime soon then so you see what he's planning on doing. <laughs> no, no, not yet. I mean, look, if he's a late, if he's still around, the thing is with somebody like Keanu Neal, he's got, he's got upside. He really has got upside because of mm. the, because of the secondary and the safeties that they've got at, at, at Dallas. He still, for me, is the, he's the best safety that they've got. So well, he's, gar- he's guaranteed, you know, games time on the field, isn't he? So you well, know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's... that's it. I mean, when you look at it, Keanu Neal, what did he finish last year? He was the, he finished as the DB 15 in 2020 and he only missed one game. Mm. Now that, you know, to then move out of that spot. Yeah. Like I said, it is a bit of a kick in. I feel like I like, I feel a little bit robbed by it, but there we are. We'll wait and see if he, if he slots back in at safety, he could be a busy boy this year. Um, and that'll be happy days for the lot for us uh, Keanu Neal fans. So we'll wait and see. But again, a lot of people will go back to talk about injuries and things like that because, yeah, he has missed a fair bit of time, but only one game last season. So let's wait and see. Linemen. Oh, well, apart from Demarcus Lawrence, which, you know, you're talking one of the faces of the franchise there. He's been a top edge in the past four years. He finishes the DL12 in 2020. Um, and I expect him to have a similar season. He's in behind him. There's there's quite a few young young guys, Gallimore and a few others that you know. I think they'll all be rotated and they'll be used in various different ways. But Lawrence is the man. If you if you're looking for a lineman and he's still around, I'd pick him up. I like I like I wouldn't go I wouldn't go too mad for him. Wouldn't make sure you're not paying over the odds for him. But yeah, as that sort of DL twelve. Between DL twelve, DL twenty, in that sort of slot, really, you want to be want to be looking to pick him up. He could have a big year. It's going to be interesting 
with all the with the with the linebackers and seeing how those edge rushers are all going to fit in together, it, it might benefit Demarcus Lawrence. He might see you might see them doubling up on people like Mika Parsons and um, and being a bit more being being a bit more worried about the linebackers. So therefore, you know Lawrence might get a few more sacks under his belt in twenty twenty one. So so yeah. Yeah, I would, I would go. I would go with Lawrence. So who are you on to next, then, Brian? You're on to Washington. Yeah, yeah. I had a bit more fun with this one than I did with Philadelphia, to be honest, for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, just a quick summation of last season again. You know, I mean, start of last season. You know, Washington for all the world looked like you know they, they had the potential to really be all over the shop, and yeah. I surprised a lot of people, myself included. Obviously, credit has to go to, you know, Rivera and, and Jack Del Rio, you know, great stewardship. But a lot of it has to go down to, you know, really one of the most, turned out to be one of the most solid defences in the league. You know, it was up there with, you know, the Rams, Steelers and Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you know, a good pass rush, but unlike Philly and, you know, to a large extent, Dallas, it was backed up by a pretty solid secondary as well. The the main bit, obviously, I wanted to dive in on was again on you know the D line, and you know the, the two obvious bodies to look at are well, Chase Young, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Looking at the stats from last season, you know you really are they were tough to split, and you and I talked about these two in particular a couple of weeks ago. You know you're looking at Young putting up 32 solos, 12 assists, seven and a half sacks. Sweat 28 solos, 17 assists, nine sacks. You know, they, they, they did a lot of damage between them. Um, the 21 projections really have, you know, would put, you you know, Young jumping up to, you know, sometimes like a DL9 after sort of last season, both put up decent fantasy numbers. You know, Young put up 186. Um, I think he might have played a game less, though. Um, you know, Montez Sweat, 196 and the fantasy figures. So, you know, very little to, to split them. You know, I mean, I listened to an interview with um, PFF's founder, Neil Hornsby, the other day. And you know, and they're currently ranking um, unless anything's changed. You know, I mean, they've got Aaron Donald top of the tree, um, and there was yeah. a big you know debate about that on on a couple of the podcasts recently. But he is really looking at, at Chase Young, sort of possibly topping that in the next sort of season or two, and and sort of leapfrogging uh, Donald as well. So, you know, if you're looking at those two. Again, certainly from a like you've touched on with Dallas from a from a dynasty point of view, you, you know you've got to lean towards Young. You know, I mean, he's, to put up to put up those numbers in a rookie season, um, and and like you say, missing a game as well. So I'd have no issues with taking Chase Young number one on my DL. I just would, I just wouldn't not in especially in dynasty, um, but yeah. but still even in redraft, I just feel that that you know he's it's safe. It's a safe yeah. it's a safe option. What we've seen, I mean, you don't get rookies come in and make that not that many, you know, not that many come through and make that, that, that dominance first season. So, I mean, it, that should, that should give you that confidence to be able to say, yeah, stick with him and, and yeah. pick it, pick him up. If you, if you want to go big early, he, he's the kind of player that, yeah, make a run for. Yeah. Although I haven't said that we had a, we had an extension of our uh, draft on one of our home divisions, uh, home leagues recently. And I, I picked up Montez Sweat. Um, I have to assume that Young was already off the board, or I hope he was already off the board. Yeah, I'm sure he was, mate. I'm sure he was. But <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Montez Sweat, I mean, he's a, he's a beneficiary of Chase Young as well. You can see it. I mean, yep. it's 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 the interesting it's it's an interesting thing when you've got when you've got a pass rush like that, they're both gonna feed. They should do. Yeah. 
so yeah it's it's it's, it's definitely well, i mean out, you, you, know, you, you can even again in you know if you are in a bigger league and you know sort of the alignment is sort of dwindling a bit as you come in sort of through the draft i mean actually Sorry to those two. I mean, you can look at Darren Payne as well. You know, I mean, he put up nearly 150 fantasy points. You know, he's ranking sort of round about a DL20, put up decent numbers last season, you know, Mate, 27. You know. It's impressive as a nose tackle, that 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 kind of, those kind of points. But again, that that just shows that he's getting through. He's getting through. And that's, that, that's some, that's teams paying so much mm. attention to Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And, and, and the problem is that the nose tackle, yeah. the, the nose tackle is probably one on, you know, he's going to be one on one. To the point of where you go, okay. Yeah. If it's somebody like Darren Payne as well, it's a big lad. Yeah, you know, picked up three sacks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if if Young can kick on and and sort of, as you say, open open up some more holes for, you know, for people like Payne, then um, yeah, um, decently. Yeah, I mean, you you could do you could do a lot worse. What have you got on the linebackers? Then this is intro. This is going to be interesting. Well, ironically, you know, for such as uh, th- there are a couple, obviously, I mean, John Bostick, you know, he, he, you're almost looking at from the experienced sort of players there, you know, him or nothing really. I mean, you know, put up well over 200 fantasy points, ranking it sort of LB28. You, you look at his tackle numbers, you know, 59 solo tackles, 57 assists, three sacks, one pick, you know, he's, he, he's a, I was going to say a solid pick, but again, you know, if the likes of, if you were just highlighting the, you know, this division and the likes of Martinez and, and Jalen Smith are off the board, then, hey, yeah, you, you'd, you'd take John Bostick really all day long. Would you though? Would you not be concerned of, of Jamin Davis and what they're going to do there? Because I I think, I mean, I think there's a big feeling around in the fantasy world that, that, that Jamin Davis is going to come in, take take the main mic spot and then John Bostick's going to be moved over, meaning the Holcomb would be probably on the other side. Because Holcomb, Holcomb's a real interesting one. And you want to watch this because when you when people look at the figures on, on Cole Holcomb, he only played 11 games. He was averaging like 13 points a game. Yeah, again, and he, you know, given that sort of lack of game time, you know, he, he put up some decent numbers. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've sort of touched on, on Jamin Davis as well. Interestingly, as I said to you, in a, a recent conversation, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of the experts, you know, in, in the mock drafts, you know, leading up to the, the draft, you know, they, they weren't overly sort of hot on Jamin Davis. But, you know, you look at who's running the show at Washington and, you know, you'd like to think Ron Rivera knows, you know, knows a bit more than, you know, <laughs> a lot of people writing columns about, you know, professional defense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Um, it, it certainly could impact on on Bostick's numbers going forward. So, you know, again, as, as I've said, just in this division, there are definitely better players that you could take over John Bostick. You know, he's certainly not my, if you put a gun to me, head and said, well, who are you taking at Washington? Well, you wouldn't need the gun. You'd take Chase Young all day long. What have you got secondary? Uh, secondary, I mean, the pick of the bunch you're looking at, Cameron Curl, again, decent, fan, well, good fantasy season, to be fair. Over 185 fantasy points, ranking around sort of DB24. 63 solos, 25 assists, two sacks, three picks. You know, he really stepped up following the injury to to Landon Collins. I get the impression that Rivera was was quite keen to get him involved in last season's defence as soon as possible. Still only 22. So again, dynasty uh, perspective, um, you know, if, if, if he's still on the boards, you know, if you're after a, a sort of mid to late sort of DB pick, um, again, you could do a hell of a lot worse. 
can he kick on again next season? You know, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But um, yeah, he's um, outside of that. You got well, you had Ronald Darby and, and sort of Kendall Fuller um, between the two of them picked or, or broke up 27 passes last season. You know, that was a big part of, of what made that Washington defense outside of the pass rush. Like I said, at the beginning of this section, you know, they were backed up by a, a pretty solid secondary. You know, they, they didn't let an awful lot through. Obviously, you know, Derby's moved to Denver now. Um, so that's leaving them with sort of fuller out of the, out of the two of them. Having said that, I think they've arguably kept the better of the two because out of the four interceptions um, of those 27 broken passes, fuller had the lot. Um, mm. He racked up some points, Kendall Fuller, to be fair. Over 14 games, averaging 9.2 points a game, which isn't too bad, especially a corner. So, yeah, he would be my he would be my pick, I think, option in him. Interesting. To sum up the Washington side of things, thankfully, unlike Philly, you know, there's a bit more to choose from here. I mean, you're looking at your Bostics, your Sweats, you know, Curl, Payne. You know, there are players that, you know, would spark people's interests, arguably sort of mid to later bits of the draft. So, um, but really you're looking at, you know, if he's there and available, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to go sort of all in or over the odds, then yeah. I mean, you're looking at Chase Young, aren't you? I mean, if, if the likes of Neil Hornsby at uh, PFF are saying this is one to watch, then yeah. I mean, you, you've, you've got to look at that. I mean, in the moment then, just to summarize where we are yeah. defenses, I'm looking at my prediction would be out of these defenses. I think, I think, I think, most people might be with me on this, that we're going to be ranking Washington is the top defense in this league. The Giants is, I'm putting them as the second, second top defense in that league, followed by Dallas, followed by Philly at this point in this point in time. And I think people should, I think people should draft that way as well. You know, that would be my my thing. I'd be looking at it to, unless you're talking about the elite players. And this is what it's going to be interesting to talk about the elite players, because out of the teams that we've mentioned so far, I feel that the Giants have the biggest bag of elite players. And you're going to just by naming a few. I really like the Giants D and I got a feeling that they could really make some uh, make some moves in 2021. Patrick Graham at D.C. is a fantastic guy, um, a great brain. And I think that the job he's done in turning that defense around is quite incredible, really, because they were shocking, really, towards the, the start of 2020 and the end of 2019. And now suddenly they are, they're a decent unit. So just going through some of these players. So they've got leaders all over the field defensively. Um, Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, Blake Martinez, and Leonard Williams are all top players in their positions. Xavier McKinney is one of my, I mean, I was all about him in the, in the 2020 draft. Yeah. And he unfortunately got injured, but, but in those, in those six games that he did play in the latter part of the season, he, he racked some points up and he showed people that exactly what, what he's going to be. He is my dynasty pick. One person that I will definitely be going after just for lo- the long-term job there. I think he's he's going to be the safety, you know, that they're going to be basing their team off. If we go through, let's let's talk about. I'll talk about the secondary first because that is loaded with stars: yeah. Peppers, Logan Ryan, and Xavier McKinney. The safeties are. I mean, that is that is one safety core. I mean, that that must be fun. That, that <laughs> watching those boys train, watching those boys train together. I mean, poor old Daniel Jones. I mean, he's got to practice with these guys. Every week, I can't do his confidence. No wonder he falls over running up the field. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Jabril Peppers is one of the most consistent DBs around, and he's somebody that you should. I, I'm all. I'm always targeting him. I've picked him up. Uh, had some crazy value out of Peppers in the past. Um, I don't know why he's. He, he, to a lot of people, he's not a sort of like it's not a sexy pick for a lot of people. However, he's a he's a really good safe pick, and if he's on that board, he finishes a DB. DB9, you know, once those once those top flasher DBs are off the board, you're not going to go too wrong by taking by picking up Peppers. Yeah, I mean they've also got Bradbury at corner, decent a decent corner there. So Peppers for me would be my he'd be my the first person that I'd be targeting in that secondary, followed by Xavier McKinney, especially on a, in a dynasty in a dynasty you might be picking up. McKinney before Peppers, but again, that's not much in, not not much between them. I take them both if you can. Logan Ryan is a top twenty-five DB and should always be. Uh, whenever DBs are flying off the board, you wanna you wanna definitely make a move on move for him. I think it's two thousand and nineteen. That was the season that his last season at Tennessee. He had an unbelievable season there, where he scored two hundred and ninety points in IDP plus. That would be yeah. He was by far the top corner. And actually, well, he was the top top DB. So yeah, Logan Ryan's another one. Moving into the linebackers, Blake Martinez. Well, I mean, yeah, you're talking one of the top. He's a top five linebacker. He will be going off at that, and I can't see any reason why Blake won't be doing the same again in 2021. I mean, that's that's a no brainer, is it? I mean, you, you know, you're looking at a linebacker that could pushing 300 sort of fantasy points from your linebacker and you go, well, yeah, if he's on the board, then who else are you going to take? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, you know, you, you're talking, you're talking in, in that top five, in that top five and Blake's always going to, he's always going to be there or thereabouts. So, so you don't really need to talk too much about him. If you don't know who Blake Martinez is, well, you're watching a few videos and then you'll be, um, yeah, you'll definitely be picking him up (laughs) if you can. That's the only linebacker I would be targeting from the Giants. I wouldn't be touching anybody else yet. Ojolari is the one they drafted quite early on. He's going to be, I would, I would, I would wait to see what his role is going to be. Martinez takes a lot of the snaps and, you know, he's involved highly as that middle linebacker. That's exactly, you know, he's, he's there to, to, to hunt down and to make the tackles. So whoever else is playing with him doesn't usually do too well. So I would be holding out with Ojolari to wait and see exactly what how they how they tend to use him. Leonard Williams uh, had a monster to twenty twenty, absolute monster twenty twenty. He finished as the TL four, yeah. um, which shocked to a lot of people. Him and Dalvin Tomlinson were exceptional. Dalvin Tomlinson has now moved over to the Vikings, so there's going to be some changes around Leonard Williams. I don't expect him to have as good a season as he had in 2020. Mm. I, can't, I can't see, you know, he might do, he might do, but I would a lot of say, expectation on him to... Yeah, yeah. I, I I wouldn't be drafting him where he finished, put it that way. I wouldn't be taking him anywhere near the DL4. Um, no, I mean, I mean, a couple of projections have got him sort of dropping off, certainly on the fantasy points, you know, dropping down to more like, you know, sort of 150, something like that, from what was nearly a 200, yeah. you know, FP sort of point season, yeah. so yeah. If he's around, if he's around the like the late part of the second round, um, 
in your lineman. You're going to be, yeah, you could pick. Him yeah, up. I mean, you're still drafting a good player from what is, as you said, you know, a good defense. So you know, there are far worse options, aren't there? Exactly, exactly. But there are a few changes around in the Giants, and it'll be interesting to see how, um, like, how Ojolari changes things there. Whether he 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 damages anybody else's points, but that is really the only. Um, change defensively that they've got. Yeah. They look solid. They look solid towards the back end of last season, and I I don't expect them to change too much. Um, they've got no reason to. It's it is offensively where the problems lie for the Giants. They know that. Everyone knows that. Can Daniel Jones turn it around? Um, well, well, yeah, they got they got Barkley back, haven't they? So I mean, that's going to be a massive boost, but. Yeah, Kenny Golladay and that side of things. So I mean, I mean the Gi- Giants have got Giants. Have, yeah, they got a good. They got. A good I, I, this I like them to to win the division this season. I really do. Um, like you said, yeah. a, an awful lot does. Yeah, it does hang on Jones. I mean, I I drafted him a while back in in one of our home leagues, and he really well to say flattered to deceive is um, putting it <laughs> putting it politely. But but again, you know, he had a rough time of it last year. He didn't really have any weapons last year, did he? So you know, they, they... No. no run game is a problem yes. for him. No run yeah. game is a, is a is a big problem yeah. for, for for the Giants. They the way that they play, and and with somebody like Daniel Jones to be able to get him to use his his legs positively um you need to have that run threat yeah. and with Barkley on that field you know that suddenly does open up the and, and it's same same for people like Evan Ingram and what will be with Kenny Golladay yeah. they're probably going to see a bit of an up uptick when Saquon's on the pit uh, on the pitch because no defense is going to ignore him no. you know what I mean you've got you've got your eyes firmly on where Barkley is and what he's going to be doing because of the elite nature that he possesses yeah. so it, it's a case of yeah it's case it's going to be an interesting season for the Giants so I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to to seeing them you know I mean they've added a bit of sort of youth um in in sort of Tony coming in so yeah they, they've they've given Jones you know a few more weapons and, and yeah but like you say I mean you, Barkley coming back a massive boost um taking an awful lot of the pressure off Jones so uh yeah I think as always you know the NFC East is it's always an interesting division. It was, it was a bit of, I know a lot of people sort of thought it was a, a, a bit of a dog's dinner last year. And, uh, but the, there were some highlights. I think the Washington defense was sort of probably the pick of the bunch um, to do as well as they did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it could be, could be an interesting, um, yeah. interesting division. So that pretty much wraps up our first IDP pod. I just have to tell you about a few articles that we have out on 5yardrush.co.uk. We have the IDP Plus article that details the scoring and how to get involved in the ITP Plus leagues. I put that together. Um, We have the Why Play in IDP Leagues article which Murph produced a few weeks ago. So have a read of that one. Also Mason has an IDP article out on dual position players um, which is an absolute banger. So please go and check that one out. We have three of our IDP Plus leagues all filled and ready to go. And we'll be continuing to open up new leagues. So please hit me up on Twitter at NATONFL if you would like a spot. We will be back soon with a rundown on IDPs in the NFC North. So after all of that, it just leaves me to say I hope you enjoyed the pod. And get involved, start playing IDP. And remember, keep rushing.
HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.